Two pastors and Tom walk into a bar, but this is no joke. It's the start of a conversation between three friends about culture, God, beer, and more. So pull up a chair, order a pint, and let's get started. Welcome to PGP. Yeah, you know me. You do know me. I'm Tom O'Neill, your host with the most. Joining me tonight on Pine Class Preachers are, as always, the Right Reverends Gabe Casper and Josh Woodrow. Tonight, we continue our conversation on the rise of the nuns. We aren't solving the Maria problem here, and we aren't talking about Whoopi Goldberg's finest theatrical performances. Just what are we talking about? Stick around and find out. Dude, you said the host with the most? Yeah. The most was the name of my uh, my punk band in high school and college. So That's thanks for the thanks for and the shout out. And when check you guys out broke MySpace, up, check out my live journal, check out my AOL and some messenger feed. And when you guys broke up, did they start the almost? Uh, no, that was Aaron Gillespie's band when he left Under Oath, which he's now back with. Okay. Moving on, what and are we releasing new album. tonight? Oh my gosh, tonight I have got a Stone IPA. The iconic West Coast out. Yeah, it's, it's a familiar wow. one. Wow. What are you celebrating? What Melissa got it for me. Your wife nice? brought you some Stone IPA? Dang. I tell you what, though. It does have the devil on it. Uh, and I, you know, I don't like him, but. It's just like the Stone Gargoyle. Oh, is it a gargoyle? Now, gargoyles are dope. Yeah. Do people realize yeah. like their origin? Like they're supposed to be – because I've always thought about that as a kid. I was always like good guys kind of look like weenies, and bad guys always look awesome. But that's what I love about gargoyles is they're good guys that look bad A. Very true. You know what I'm saying? Fun fact, yeah, the National maybe. Cathedral in Washington, D.C. has a gargoyle in the shape of Darth Vader's head. That's awesome. Well, gargoyles are supposed to fight off demons, so. Dude, maybe we should maybe we should make the pine glass preacher's mascot a gargoyle. I'd be down for that. I think we should get gargoyle tattoos. Another t matching tattoo, and it'll be gargoyles this time. I would love it, man. My right biceps lonely. Gosh, and then we could intertwine our arms and take photos and pass them around the interweb like we did last uh, time. Yep. Yep. Please oh. just tell us what you're drinking. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I'm keeping it local here and having a little Tennessee sipping cream. It's sort of like a Bailey's, but with Tennessee whiskey, kind of, uh, and not to be mixed with coffee. At first, I thought it was disgusting, but now I'm super into it. It's delightful. Well, then there you go. I am also keeping it local tonight with a Stillwater Brew, Liftbridge Brewing Company. I'm drinking the Warden, which is a milk stout, and it is delicious. Mm. Very nice. Very delicious. Very nice. Well, hey, so we are talking about the nuns, and uh, that that language may be a little bit confusing to people, and so we just want to bring some clarity to that right off the bat here before we get to our interview, but I am very excited for our interview. Uh, but but here's the deal. Um, you know, sociological researchers, what they'll do is, is they'll go around and figure out who's who and what's what, and they'll ask people what their religious affiliation is. And over the last few years, uh, there's been a steep increase in people who would identify as religiously unaffiliated, that they're not attached to any religion in particular. Um, and so it's in fact the largest religious group in America right now. Um, Wait, now, so you're telling me that America is not a predominantly Christian nation? Well, to be honest, it's actually misleading for me to say that, although I would agree with you in your sarcastic tone. Um, what I would say is it probably still is technically, at least sociologically, um, because they divide Catholics into its own group. They divide Protestants into its own group. They divide mainline Protestants and evangelical Protestants up. So, so when you slice up Christianity a bunch 
that's why religiously unaffiliated becomes the biggest one because it stands on its own at 25% of the population. Sure. So, probably, so f- go on. It probably just self, it just sort of captivates the self identification. Right. But what's amazing is, I mean, if you look at charts of this, you can look it up on PRRI, uh, Public Religious Research Institute. Um, but in 1972, 5% of the population uh, identified as religiously unaffiliated, right? They just said, eh, I don't really believe in anything or, or care, I guess. They maybe believe in something, but nothing formal. Um, and now it's 25% in 2015. And, and really, you see this stark increase take off in about 2004, and it just skyrockets. And 2004 is 14% of the population. So, you know, in the last 10 years, we've seen it, well, not quite Dude, double, but 10%. I feel, like, I feel like I'd like to take credit for that, because that's when I graduated high school. So maybe I unintentionally started a movement of self-identifying as not spiritual. But you, you are both religious and spiritual. I'm just saying, maybe I started the movement. Maybe I'm like the movement starter, but not the movement leader. As much as you would like to think that, is there anything that there is there any event that points to 2004? I mean, that was, I mean, three years after 9/11. Well, tsunami yeah. in Indonesia. You do. Have I mean, I, I I've read articles before that I, that loosely have tied people falling away from the church to this very significant event of 9/11, but I, I've never read anything that that immediately pops out and says that's a direct correlation. It's more supposition. If if you look at like the the generational gap, this is what's fascinating, is that that it's thirty nine percent. Of, of people who are religiously unaffiliated are aged 18 to 29. And then everywhere else, you know, 29% is 30 to 49. And then 17, uh, 17% are 50 to 64 and 13 are 65 plus. But you have this massive swath of people that are coming into adulthood in 2004. Um, and so it's almost like something about people that came into adulthood in uh, the early 2000s, something shifted there is what it seems like to me. Well, I mean, that's the if you look at the the demographic of people coming into adulthood in two thousand four, and if we consider adulthood what like turning eighteen or something around that, right? That's actually the the first wave of what is technically referred to as the millennial generation. Right. Graduate, if well, at least Gabe and I, Tom, you graduated in like nineteen seventy odd six or something like that. But right. for Gabe and I, actually. six sixty four. Oh, <laughs> Went, oh, went straight bad. from high school right to Nam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dude, right on. Hey, God bless you for serving our country, Tom. Thanks, but buddy. for me and Gabe, who graduated in 2004, that means, I mean, we are right on the cusp of, you know, the, like I said, the onset of the millennial generation, or at least what's called that. And so if you think about it, that's right when group of millennials were coming into adulthood and, you know, starting to make that shift spiritually. Yeah. So once again, we can blame everything on the millennials. Everything is It's their fault. Everything well, no, in this and, world. And that's the thing though, is it actually isn't their fault, right? Is um I mean it, it is in one sense, like let's have personal responsibility, but but I, I do think, you know, I, I'll put it this way. Um well if you if you read other I'll put it this way, you if you read other sociological research, uh, namely Christian Smith, and if you run in circles like Josh and I run in. Uh, the language comes up, MTD is shorthand, right? We call it moralistic therapeutic deism, right? And the idea being that um, God is is moral, he's good, and he wants me to be good, and then therapeutic, and he wants me to feel good, and he wants everybody to feel good, and deism, that, that he exists, he's a God. And, and that for many, that was the faith that was modeled for them. So not so much a, a robust Christianity focused on the gospel, and God's word and the person of Jesus Christ, but sort of a general good God and a general do-goodery that wants you to feel good about yourself. And so then you get into our age where I can find community like at a bowling alley. Like I don't need church for that. And it's a lot more convenient to my time to do that. So you kind of get into this place where who needs a moralistic therapeutic God? Um, You don't. 
And so I think for me, I don't know, at least in my head, if that's the faith that's been modeled for a lot of people, it's not that inspiring of a faith to stick with. Um, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, no, actually, it's really funny that you bring that up because um, I just started this book by, I'm not going to say this dude's last name right, but Ross Duthot or Dutot. I always thought He's it was New York Times. I don't know why. I threw like a W in there, but I know who you're talking about. Oh, anyway, um, he wrote this book called Bad Religion, How We Became a Nation of Heretics. And mm. it's really interesting because in, in the introduction, he basically – everything that you just set up with a bunch of huge words and long paragraphs and, and stuff like that. Um, but I'm trying to find the quote here, but that's basically what he says is that we, there was this clash of orthodoxy and then what they would refer to as heresy. And it, what ended up happening is this mashup of American religiosity and for him, American Christianity uh, that says um, da, 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 that basically uh, from these variety of Christian faiths and spoken from many pulpits, both conservative and liberal, liberal, political and pop cultural, traditionally religious and fashionably spiritual, and many of their preachers call themselves Christians or claim a Christian warrant, but they're increasingly offering distortions of traditional Christianity, not the real thing. To your point that we've particular time it, it sort of came on to came on the rise that you'd have this mashup of Christian orthodoxy stripping away um, the things that didn't sit with us didn't sit well with us you know politically or socially or culturally and we took some of that moralistic de you know therapeutic moralistic deism and almost like hybrid Christian faith that has sort of been the foundation of of Christian spirituality here in the country for over a decade now. Yeah. And it's, it's tricky though, because, and I know, I mean, I don't know Ross personally, but I've heard him speak uh, and not in person online. I've listened to him and like, I, I get what he's saying. And like, I have, you know, of course I have a great desire for orthodoxy and I want that. And then like this whole thing though, we wrestle with wanting, I mean, that's why we even do this podcast, right? We, we want to be accessible to people. We want, we want people to be able to, hopefully relate to us and to our church, but it's like, we want to do that without watering down that which is true and that which is actually worth living for and that which is actually worth dying for, as opposed to that which is comfortable and fun and feels good at the time. And I mean, given um, he, he, he does self-identify as a Catholic. Right. And so his assumptions and kind of presuppositions of, of Orthodox Christianity is a little bit more rigid than I would say where our Protestant roots come from yeah yeah well and yeah well anyways i think that and so all this to say dear listener this is what we're getting at man this is what we're trying to wrestle with is to say man we've we look around us we look at our friends and we say you know what's what's going on and maybe you're listening to us and and you're not a christian and, and thank you first of all for listening to three christian guys talk about stuff that's I was just thinking about that. Like, I don't know that I'd listen to three atheists talk about atheism things. And so it's pretty cool that you're willing to listen to us. So thank you for that. And if you are one, maybe this helps you figure out how to talk with your friends and and what it looks like for us to follow Jesus in an age where a lot of us who fit this, this demographic uh, but are still captivated by Jesus are trying to figure out how to do that. And it's it's different. It's hard. And, uh, and so we're hoping this time uh, sheds some light on that. And so we are going to talk with my friend Katie. Uh, who I believe would describe herself as a nun, at least in my text message with her, she did. Uh, not Once again, not the nun wearing a cool outfit, but non-religious. Um, hey, and hopefully it's an enlightening conversation for you and for her. And uh, she's uh, been a great friend of mine in the last few years, and so looking forward to hearing from her. So we're going to take a quick break, and we will be back with Katie Hatch. And I don't want to be a proud man, just want to be a man. like my father and more like my dad I want to hunt like David I want to kill me a giant man I want to slay my demons but I got lots of 
Uh, well, we are back, and that was a little Noah Gunderson for you, uh, courtesy of our guest tonight, uh, our good friend Katie Hatch. Uh, a little bit of a lie to call her our good friend. She's mostly just my good friend. Uh, I got to know her as uh, she was a fantastic barista at a, a wonderful coffee shop called Roasters, RIP. And she moved on from there to uh, Thunderbird, and now she is at Cafe Medici. And uh, her and her husband are in the process of figuring out, dreaming, scheming, plotting out what it would look like for them to open up their own coffee shop. But in the meantime, in addition to being a barista extraordinaire, uh, she also does a lot of film work and video work for South by Southwest Music Festival, ACL, and uh, just about anything else cool that you can think of. And speaking of cool, she provided for me the coolest wedding ceremony I ever got to do, uh, which was to marry her and her husband at a music festival. So mad props to Katie Hatch. And so Katie, man, we are so glad to have you with us tonight. Thanks for being here. And what are you drinking? I'm glad to be here, Gabe. I've got a little beer out of San Antonio tonight. It's a Free Tail Brewing Company, and it is Bat Out of Hells, and it's a German-style lager. Ooh. Pretty good stuff. I like it. Look a bit out of yeah. hell. A little meatloaf reference. That's what we should have done for the song. Meatloaf. Oh, that'd been so good. Well, good, good, good thing this isn't live, because I can actually go back <laughs> and put meatloaf in. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Katie, um, let, me, let me ask you a barista question. Go on. Okay. Oh, the entire plan for this conversation. Um, so when making, I don't know, say a nice latte or, or cortado yeah. or something of the sort, or what's your go-to, um, you know? Ooh, that is a good question. Are you like a rosette, a florette? Uh, uh, can you like make, you know, teddy bears or, or what, what's, your, what's your specialty? Um, if you came in, you'd probably get a tulip from me. Mm, okay. That's like nice. what I'm working on right now. Yeah. But, you know, hearts, rosettas, it kind of depends, you know? Sorry, I just, I got curious. I geek out on coffee, so. <laughs> there's always, there's barista competitions every month, and they're called Thursday Night Throwdowns. And we all get together and do latte art competitions, and that is so fun. Who's like oh. the arch nemesis in the Thursday night throwdowns? Because I know there's got to be oh that God. one barista that everyone hates because oh, he, yeah. he or she always wins, and then they gloat about it all the time. Yeah, there's this guy named Sterling, and I work with him now, and I'm really thankful that I get to like be on his team instead of like <laughs> hate him. Well, Sterling, you're lucky, bud. You are so lucky because otherwise, fact, I don't know what we would do, but just talk about you here, and you would never know. <laughs> yeah, shout out to the Austin barista scene. <laughs> <laughs> Easily the fourth best barista scene in the country, right? I mean, am I right? Wow. Whoa. I put What's us up? at number one, buddy. I put us at number one. The ATX barista scene? Come on, Tom. ATX throw down. Portland ain't got nothing on us. Oh, boy. Yep, I said it. I'll call them out. Bring them uh, on, Portland. Those are, those are actual fighting words, Gabe. Yeah. I'm 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 gonna like talk the smack and then Katie's gonna have to back me up. So I hope that's cool, <laughs> Katie. Per, um, perhaps Pine Class Preachers pivots our focus to uh, hosting a uh, a large scale barista competition uh, that we move around annually from city to city. Uh, this could be big. In our fifth year, we go international. You know, I think yeah. with the success we've had podcasting, it only makes sense that we do something much harder. We yeah. really should. We really like should. cost money and. Yeah, this yeah. is good. Where's the next uh, SCAA uh, gathering that we can just do a live show oh. from? You really do know your coffee. Sadly, sadly, I do. I'm I'm very impressed. Yeah. Dude, Josh is yeah. Josh roasts and stuff. Gabe, we don't have time for coffee, yeah. though. Let's get on with it. Oh, Gabe, I am inserting myself into a better friendship with Katie than you have ever had just in this brief five minutes of <laughs> wow. coffee talk. Yep, wow. I'm doing it. I'm doing Gabe's it. like, I'm oh, it. I like a Guatemala. I do yeah. like the You know I do, Katie. Dude, the Guatemala. Um, I know. <laughs> oh, boy. But listen, we don't have time for this. Uh, Katie, okay. we're not here because we care about you as a person. We care about you as a demographic. And so that's what we're <laughs> I'm just here to represent. <laughs> You're just here to represent. Okay, so let's not make friends. Okay. Not, even, to... not even represent. I prefer the word exploit. Yes, that's <laughs> it. Yes, yes. 
Um, no, of course we certainly don't want to do that, and we are honored that you are talking with us. And uh, but we do we do like part of our stuff is for us, Katie. Just so you know, is like we our hope with this podcast is to to be at least some sort of a bridge between those of us that uh, would say like are are in the faith, are in the church, whatever, and, and friends of ours who are not, and maybe won't step foot in in a church, but would maybe listen to this. Maybe they won't, but maybe they will. And so that's part of this for us, this conversation. And so one of the things that we're trying to understand more is uh, is those that maybe would describe themselves as as non-religious. You maybe believe in a God or something like that. I don't know exactly where you're at on all that uh, right now, but uh, but would generally, if they're filling out a survey, would say, eh, probably not religious. And um, so anyways, wondering if we could just hear your story from like, Katie Hatch is birthed and here she <laughs> is now, um, married woman. What's uh, What's been your story? What's that looked like for you? And, and I guess maybe particular for our listeners, uh, how faith is related to that, what's, what that's looked like for you. Yeah, definitely. Um... I definitely grew up in like a traditional Christian home, which church every Sunday, Sunday school, all the good stuff, you know, memorized my Bible verses and did all that and went to church camp and told my friends and, you know, all the right things. Um, There were definitely times where I was just going along with everyone else, you know, it was a very social church. I went to like a big mega church that did all the coolest events and had all the coolest parties. So Mm -hmm. it was kind of the place to be. Um, That was definitely the culture that I grew up in. It was very much not the norm to be not a Christian, you know, Mm -hmm. or yeah. Yeah. and then in high school, I kind of like tried, you know, obviously you like start to learn more for yourself and everything and uh, kind of, you know, realize, oh, maybe this isn't for me, but maybe it is. And I actually went to Baylor um, and I chose that school because I was like, I want to be a more religious person. I'm going to go to Baylor. And it really kind of had the opposite effect on me where. That is so the... hilarious in light of recent things. <laughs> I mean, good yeah. Lord. It turned me into a little rebel. I was like, I don't want to be like all these people. <laughs> like, <laughs> You know, and especially like at that time, it's it's a weird time. You're hanging out with all these like doing keg stands and it's very confusing, you know. I've never done that. <laughs> you know, that yeah, I, <laughs> as a PK as well, I always thought that was the most interesting thing and is this this concept that the PK is an absolute perfect individual and, and when it is, and and then you see PKs either go, go completely off the rails, trying to, trying to persuade people otherwise. Yeah. Or they, or they somehow, they somehow convince their friends that they are actually a normal person. They occasionally <laughs> cuss, occasionally do keg stands, occasionally do bad things, you know, and that, that, that is just part of being normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I always say when you're a PK, you either end up in prison or in ministry. Um, <laughs> one of those, lot, yeah, which was a lot funnier until I was a pastor and had kids, but uh, yeah. And sometimes both. <laughs> sometimes both. Um, but Anyways, so Katie, right, so you're at Baylor, and you're like figuring faith out, like working through yeah. this, but you're also, you know, rebel Katie, shaving her head, smoking the cigarettes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Doing lines of crack. <laughs> I mean, not that far. Not that, not that far. <laughs> That's not how you... About everything else but that. Yeah. No, I should have said Coke. Yeah. I mean, sorry. <laughs> I'm um, really mixing up my. Yeah, Tom, you drugs. smoke crack, you snort coke. I mean, yep. yeah. What a, what a PK, man. Right, <laughs> in line, please. Um, <sighs> but so, but and you're seeing these sort of kids that you're like, I don't want to be that. Seems a little hypocritical. Is maybe some of what I'm hearing. Um, Definitely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There was like a lot of, you know, I've heard all of this, but do I really believe it? And then like looking at my daily life and being like oh, this isn't how I live my daily life and kind of just disassociating from that, like not really wanting to change my daily life. Not necessarily that it was like perfect at that time, but sure. Um, you know, kind of realizing like that label doesn't fit my actions and like, wow. 
should probably not call myself that if this is how I live, you know. Wow. So it's almost like you if if I can summarize you, let me know if I'm summarizing you incorrectly, but it was like you looked at some Christians that were being hypocritical and you're like, well, I don't want to be a part of that. And then you looked at yourself and you're like, although to be fair to who I am, I'm not exactly following Jesus right now myself either. And so it's a little silly for me to say that I am a Christian. Yeah, Is that fair? definitely. So actually yeah, even honest. though. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like all my life, I've always been told, like, if you accept Jesus into your heart the one time, you'll always be saved no matter what. And like, kind of took that as like, oh, I can do whatever I want and stuff, but not really like live a Christian life and call myself whatever I want to call myself, you know? Yeah. And then kind of through that, I definitely like found myself and kind of found like more security in myself versus turning towards like people in the church or people that I knew or anything like that, but definitely like growing to understand like who I am and like kind of taking a more like holistic approach to things and like taking a step back and like not having to know like, Oh, where did the earth come from? Or like, why are we here? Like just kind of realizing like my life has enough meaning in the hundred or so years that I'm going to be here for, you know, and not really like stressing about trying to answer some of those questions mm -hmm. or put things. In box. You should keep talking to Gabe about that. No, it's true. <laughs> yeah, so the big joke, Katie, well, and you probably know this, is I basically just live in a constant state of existential crisis. So, um, <laughs> so, so to hear you say that, honestly, is like, I'm like, what? How does that not keep you up at night? So if you don't mind, like, how does, like, how do you just be kind of like, you know what, man, I'm here and that's enough for me. Like, how, how, yeah. how do you satisfy your curiosities with that? I think like a lot of it is like finding like a, my job and stuff. Like I found a passion that I really enjoy and like really pursuing that and like really focusing my energy on like my family or like my friends and the people around me and stuff. And just really like I can try and be the nicest person I can to all these customers or like I can try and make their day in like these small ways or whatever and like kind of find joys and different leadership and different like mentors yeah. Kind of through the coffee industry, but also through like my friends and family and stuff too. And to be fair, don't tell any of the other baristas, Katie, but far and away, number one, Katie Hatch. <laughs> Although as I knew you as Katie Pascal, but you are. I mean, you were so, so kind uh, as a barista in addition to being really great at slinging coffee. I mean, I always just got black coffee. So I'm, I'm now even better I believe at it. slinging coffee. <laughs> I believe it. But you're probably still just as nice, which is a beautiful I thing. I don't know. Well, there is actually, uh, right? The better you get, don't you have to be more of a snob, right? Like people come. Uh, like, oh, a little bit, but like <laughs> <laughs> people definitely notice, like, and appreciate, you know. Oh, this girl's actually asking me about my day or whatever. Like, yeah, this isn't like every other place I go downtown. <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah. can I ask you this, just because these guys don't know this, uh, but but one of the things I've loved about my relationship with you is is uh, not only just our friendship, but like, you know, we had a, a church meeting in your coffee shop and you were pretty much the regular barista at this church, right? And then when it went yeah. from being a satellite of my church to being its own thing, um, you were part of like conversations with them, helping them figure out what that would look like and, and what to do. And so to me, it sounds like you don't have any opposition to the church. Is that fair? Yeah, I definitely think it's like a really good place for community and stuff. And like, I think that it does a lot of really wonderful things, you know, like, especially like acts of love and like things like that, where it's like, yeah. this, you guys see a need in the community and you definitely help fill that. Yeah. And that's awesome. And whether it's, you know, helping out with like people who are going hungry or people who don't have houses or people, families that lost their jobs or whatever, I think that like, it's a really great resource, but I personally just like don't believe right so it's like the, the practical help is great as far as yeah. our spiritual beliefs you're not totally there if yeah you're there at all yeah. yeah can i can i ask you a question katie of course because you mentioned <clears throat> some of the more existential questions um as far as like faith you know like how do we get here and all this kind of stuff but if like is there one particular thing that you could identify which is the biggest 
hurdle or stumbling block or barrier, um, you know, to belief, I guess. Um, I don't know if it's like one specific thing and I don't want to like offend anyone. And I don't think I would by saying this, but like, it's you kind of right like, ahead. Yeah. You're not going <laughs> to offend anyone. We offend totally. people almost daily. <laughs> yeah. Um, like it's kind of seems like a really old thing that people came up with this idea a long time ago or whatever. And like, it was a way to help other people make sense of things. Mm. Oh, wow. That's such a good answer, actually. So it's like this disconnect from reality, from modern reality. Or is that yeah. not a, okay. Mm, wow. Wait, one more time. It's, it's like a disconnect from modern reality. Kind of, but also just like, and I think it like still helps some people today and like some people really like that, but like, I personally know like I'm a super independent person and like, I don't know, but if maybe if I had like a different personality that I would like be more open or like more into that, you know? Probably if you met a better pastor than me, you might be more into it. <laughs> <laughs> so stubborn. No, I'm yeah, totally yeah. kidding. But like, <laughs> um, no, that's, man, that's a good answer actually. I, I When I think what I, I mean, I don't agree with you, but what I like about your answer is like, <laughs> is it's not just like, well, the church is like this and it's like that. And it's like that. It's like, you know, people can pick part different problematic pieces of Christianity for our modern age. And we may all agree with them and actually be like, yeah, that's true. That's true. But to say, man, yeah. there just seems to be some disconnect for what that looks like right now. And we don't, it seems like we almost don't even need it now. Like it's very, you know, it's helpful for some people, but if not everyone needs yeah. it, not everyone needs it. And so off we go. So what's filling yeah. what's filling what's filling the need? You you talked about that the religion for some people or back in the day filled the need, helped them understand things. What what is that now in your eyes? Or what is it for um, you? Yeah. I don't know. Like I don't know. <laughs> that's like a tough, that's a tough question to answer, you know? Um, Netflix. I think like, <laughs> not Netflix. Netflix <laughs> I think sometimes just like not knowing is enough. Like, you know, you're never going to know everything and kind of mm -hmm. just understanding like there's always more to learn and there's always more to discover, but sometimes there's not, you know, like sometimes there just is what there is. Yeah, that's, man, I love that humility. Sorry, I'm not like, that is, oh, that's good humility. Oh, really? Because last episode when I was talking about not claiming absolutism on truth, you tried to call me out on it, Gabe. Oh, I don't know, Josh. Maybe because you have a profession where you publicly proclaim the words of God. Maybe I'm gonna be a little bit harsher on you not believing in truth than I'm on someone who's like pretty honest about that. Wow. Wow. You also wanted to like be a Nordic God last week. Yeah. Too. No, I didn't like, want to be a Nordic God. Like, I didn't no. No. I didn't want got, to be a Nordic you God. You started worshiping Odin. I, it got oh weird. Oh my gosh. No, I told you that I got super into like for a while. <laughs> okay. That's what I said. And yeah. if I wasn't a Christian Who are you chanting I would, to? And and if I wasn't a Christian, I would be like a Nordic or Celtic pagan. All right. That's what I, I can said. see the Thor poster on the wall behind you, Josh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Katie, help me, please. Oh, gosh. oh I think you're in too far. No, oh, man. No, I'm in too deep. I can't get uh, out. So, Katie, can I ask just one more question and then we'll, we'll let you go? Um, but I mean, I, I, I get your like, you know what? I'm not going to know the answer to everything. And so I may as well live and enjoy the life, the one life that I have and not bother myself with these sorts of things. But at the end of the day, there's something I feel like we all have to provide an answer to, at least in our own heads to move on. So would you, I mean, if someone like gunned your head was like, is there a God or isn't there a God? And if there is, what's he, she like? And like, do you have an answer to any of that stuff or do you not care? Um, like I, I don't think that there's a God. Okay. If yeah, okay. like more so than there is one, but like, 
I wouldn't say that's like an absolute, but I was leaning toward no. That's more where you're leaning. Okay, okay. No, no, no. Yeah. That's, that's it's honest. It's a spectrum, you know? It is. It is, bro. It is. No. Well, that's interesting. Uh, I don't, oh, no, I can't say it. Sorry. I was going to tell a story about your husband in a conversation he and I had, but I can't because <laughs> it was during counseling. Well, pre-marriage counseling. So it would be not appropriate. <laughs> so I'm just going to stop talking. <laughs> almost breaking your vows. I know. I know. Almost broke my oaths. They would. I would have been defrocked, Katie. Oh my gosh! Our marriage would be nothing. It'd be nothing. It wouldn't count. <laughs> we have to get divorced. I'm sorry. Oh, that's terrible. Uh, wait. But if I do get defrocked, will you teach me how to make coffee? Oh, of course, Gabe. And can I be a barista at your shop? Yes. Oh, you're here. No, you don't know anything about coffee. You. Like are you kidding me? me? You drink like 10 cups a day. Boom. Thank oh, you, you could drink a lot of coffee and not know a darn thing. Well, that's what Katie's hey. going to teach me. But I bet Gabe could be like a really good cupper. Like, oh, that, that is putting way too much faith in, in your friend Gabe. No, 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 no. Gabe can tell you when like Guatemala is off, if it's like a little more stringent than it was the day before. Like he was good. Okay. All right. Is up, Josh. Hey, who's, um, who's going to be roasting? Who's going to be roasting for this coffee shop you and your husband are opening, Katie? Wait, so where do you roast? I want to know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in my house on just a home roaster. On, I roast on a little genie cafe right now. But I'm going to be – I'm building a propane-fired, like, one-kilo roaster in my garage. Dang, that's awesome. But eventually I'd like to get, like, uh, um, you know, like a San Franciscan or perhaps even, like, a ProBat or something like that to roast on, some yeah. larger, more commercial stuff. But I don't, hey have, like 15, I don't have, like, 15 hey grants in around. Gabe, hey don't guys. interrupt yeah. this. Stop. How many are you gonna, how many Are you going to send me and Gabe some coffee? Yeah, dude, it, once I get this thing fired up, uh, and I can roast more than 250 grams at a time, all for sure. So <laughs> I'll send Gabe a little Guatemala in just to appease him, but yeah. I'm more of yeah. like a natural processed fruit bomb kind of guy. So, Ooh, Ethiopia? You, yep. If you like blueberry, then I'll throw something your way. Yeah. We're getting all the good Ethiopian naturals right now. It's so good. Tis the it. season. Hey guys. It is. I know. It's awesome. No, stop it, Gabe. Stop. How many hipsters does it take uh, to uh, – to, or how many turns does it take a hipster to change a light bulb? I don't know, Gabe. How Some many? really obscure number. You've probably never heard of it. Uh, <laughs> uh, bat, bat. Oh, Gabe. On that note, Katie, thank you for being with us here today. Thank you for uh, sharing your your honest answers with us. We uh, we appreciate that. We know that uh, that the it may not always be. Uh, that coming into this type of a podcast might not be super comfortable, but we appreciate. Uh, yeah. Appreciate you being on. So thank you. Yeah, thanks, Katie. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you guys. It was fun. Hey, when you awesome. open the coffee shop, let me know. I'll fly out to Austin and visit. Oh wait, okay. hey, and before Katie goes, quick shout out. Uh, her husband, Jason Hatch, uh, great dude, and he actually gave us some advice as we were getting this podcast started. So I want to be sure that we promote his stuff. He has got a podcast right now called Comics Are Stupid. Is that correct, Katie? It is. It's a weekly comic book review podcast. Awesome. So if you are into comics, this is a place to go. Um, so please check that out if that's your deal and, and support him and what he's doing. And uh, and yeah, thanks again, Katie, for being here. I'm going to bring it full thanks, circle. So, so long. Farewell. No, no. Say good this is really <laughs> terrible. Katie, I'm sorry. Thank you. Bye. So sorry, Katie. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, that was a musical selection by somebody because honestly, we just spent the last five minutes arguing whether we should do Sound of Music or Meatloaf or something that Josh wants to do. And or Chance so, the Rapper. Or Chance the Rapper. So you're going to hear something, or you will have just heard something. It was going to be great. Uh, I want to bring us back with a question. This is something Katie said right in the beginning. And when she was talking about her time at Baylor, 
and she felt like her life wasn't uh she wasn't living the christian life and so therefore uh i'm gonna stop being a christian and and that's something i run into a lot that i i, I see this this thought process of living a christian life i uh, it well living a christian life does not equal being a christian because we see a lot of people say, oh, well, you're being hypocritical or you said a swear word or you are gossiping or you are being mean or you are doing awful things. So therefore you cannot be a Christian. And that's why I don't believe in it. Yeah. And the whole point of Christianity, at least the, the Jesus that we believe in says we are awful people. We do awful things. We can't help doing that. But God forgives us of these sins. And that is why we believe. Yeah. Is there anything more to that? So, well, it brings up an interesting question, though, Tom, because it, in one sense, I 100% get you. Like, we preach grace, and, and I think sometimes the idea is like, yeah, you know, all Christians say, yeah, we preach grace, we preach the gospel that Jesus dies to save you, not because of what you do or don't do, but just because that's what God does. He sends his grace to you in the person of Jesus Christ. And they'd say, yes, that's true until you're converted. And then kind of to, to hang on to being converted, you got to live the right way. And I think that's where people have a hard time. Whereas we, you know, in our tradition would say, nah, you're going to be a mess for a good chunk of your life. You know, certainly God calls us to live a certain way as Christians. Certainly he calls us to, to, to a, a different way of living than um, those that are not Christians. Um, but the reality is we're not going to do that. And so we bank on his grace. But other traditions would say, hey, no, 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 no. Yes, God brought you in with his grace. But now you better live in line with all of this or else mm -hmm. you may not really be saved. Yep. And and then, and that's true. We, we try to live what we call that sanctified life. Right. Tom, and you knew that word. Oh, I know, Tom. weird, huh? Watch Whoa, out. buddy. Watch Easy out. seminary. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We try to live a good life. We try. And that that that's the thing. We try, and it doesn't happen. And that's where I think uh, people who, especially people who are very anti-religious, anti-Christianity will say, well, see, there you go. You didn't do it, so God can't exist. Yeah. And, now, then, and, and for us, that's where God comes in, right then and there. Right, right. There is a well, struggle with it too, though, right? Go on, Josh. Go well, on. Yeah, I mean, yes, <clears throat> to affirm you, yes, there is a struggle. But at the same time, I, expectations. So from a, I guess, let, let me take a step back. From a Orthodox Christian perspective, and I mean Orthodox meaning like even the early church, that there's there's a very explicit acknowledgement of this both saint and sinner at the same time completely sanctified and made perfect yet struggling immensely every single day where was the shift where the expectations then became you have to experience the not yet perfection of essentially christ's return um in, in the now living you know what I mean? Like, what what happened that we forsook this idea that Christians are probably just as, if not more, screwed up than the rest of creation, yet yet attempting to live within the tenets of the kingdom that we that we ascribe to and are members of? So here's the. I, I think that's where the issue is because from from what Katie was saying, it's it's nothing new or abnormal. So many people I've run into. Um, say the same thing that that yeah. one of the big hang-ups with Christianity is Christians don't exemplify their own moral teachings. Yep. They don't exemplify the examples set by their Jesus Christ. You know, they don't live up to their own standards that they demand of their uh, of their neighbors and of their followers. But were never actually laid out by Christ Himself or any of God's prophets or teachers well. or apostles. No, they were laid out by both Jesus and the prophets. We're talking okay. about, of course, they were laid out. No, they were laid out, but there was never an expectation that it would be accomplished in this life. Uh, yes. Okay, but 
So, so here's the struggle bus, though, Josh it, and and Tom and good listener and all of our friends is 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 I think it does come down to this. Um, mm, I don't know if this is fair, but I'm just going to say it. American Christianity. Um, it, in that we've had cultural dominance for a very long time. And we've had political, we being the Christian church, we've had political dominance for a long time. And so it's this idea of like, a, you know, Josh, you referenced the early church, like, this is going to sound weird, but they could kind of get away with being hypocrites because no one cared. There were this random weird religious group off to the side that talked about grace. And now the power that the church has had for the last 30 years, when there's hypocrisy in the people that have been the cultural dominating force for the last 200 years, it's easy to say, well, those folks are full of nonsense. You know what I'm saying? Like it's in the public eye. Okay, sure. But the expectations were like, that's what I'm saying. Like the expectations... Actually, that's not true. There are some periods in Christian history where the expectations did shift to a uh, pursuit of perfection. I mean, if you look at like a monastic movement, um, medieval times, that kind of thing. Okay. But those aside. I mean, it's not so much that way anymore, but their origins. Yeah, Christian perfection. You're absolutely right. But what I'm saying is that the, the biblical expectations of Christians is that you are righteous in Christ, yet you are going to jack that righteousness up every opportunity you have until Christ comes back and redeems all of creation and makes everything absolutely perfect and new for all eternity. And so what I'm saying is that, and and maybe this is your point, that it isn't until Christian dominance has waned that then those expectations of Christian perfection become the litmus test on whether or not you actually have faith at all right well let me float this your way though so let's let's say i'm sitting here i'm like christians are hypocrites and so it's all bs and here's why and this is actually a good reason why i would say that is you christians you say you know jesus saves you in his grace that's all well and good and then you say his holy spirit is at work inside of you sanctifying you making you holy doing things in you to make you live a different sort of life. You guys preach this. I preach this. You you guys preach this. If the spirit of the living God, who you say created everything in this world, is actually at work inside of you, why are you such a POS? And and that's actually a legitimate question. Like, we should be, you know, what we call regenerated, right? We, We should live different sort of lives. That's how Scripture talks. Like, someone, you can easily use the words of Scripture against a failure of the Christian life. Not if you not if you acknowledge and ultimately subscribe to faith and paradox. But faith without works is dead. That's what I'm par- there's a paradox right there. Faith if works are unnecessary works works are unnecessary for salvation. Works is dead. So that's a paradox in and of itself. I actually, this is funny you mention this because um, I was at a, a meeting with this community organizing group made up of mostly former Christians with with very similar stories to Katie's and, uh, and well, Jefferson's a member of it. And so plenty of Jefferson's running around and Katie's running around in this circle. And this guy, Steve, out of nowhere at this meeting the other day, he goes, he goes, you know what, Josh, I appreciate about you is that you can hold two things in tension, that you sort of are comfortable living with paradox. And you're able to not just understand, but speak from a perspective that you don't necessarily hold or believe to be true, yet you can find worth and value and validity in it. That is not just the heart of Lutheran theology, but of of Orthodox Christianity that you're absolutely right. Yeah, that is a claim you can make. But that is an absolutist claim with some sort of like malintent to it to say, I'm going to undermine – paradox when scripture one giant paradox you know what i'm saying no it's true i mean that's yeah that's what i'm saying like that's why i don't i I mean i hate to say it again like last week but that's why i can say that like to to live in paradox is to say you're right less 
and you're right. The Spirit of God working inside of me and regenerating me. But I hold that to be true in faith, and I believe that there will come a day where I will be fully regenerated. But until that day comes, I'm going to do the best I can, acknowledging that the best I can won't actually save me, but it is that same Spirit that's regenerating me that actually does save me. It, and it's I and, and sort of have to exist in that state. That spirit that's regenerating us is not just on the work side, it's also on the faith in God side. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, Josh, yes. can I go to your church? Yeah, man. Cool. All right. I uh, we've gone through a lot today. Uh we really enjoyed having Katie on. Uh we are gonna be talking about this one more week. And I think one of the things that that we asked Katie that I want to get to and, and, and we'll take much more time than we have right now is when we ask Katie, you know, point blank, do you believe in God in a God? And, and her answer was, no, I'm really leaning towards that. There is no God. And so we don't want to leave that hanging out there. Uh, we are going to be looking at this next week. And so uh, for all of you out there today, uh, thank you for listening to us. I, uh, we, we enjoy having you as listeners, all 17 of you. So uh, thank you for that. Uh, Josh, Gabe, why don't you give us some last shout outs for the, for the night? Yeah. So a few things. First of all, our good friends, the Gospel Economist, that is where you can find our podcast. They are our partners in this endeavor. And they put out some awesome articles. They put a few out this week that I have found particularly enlightening. So I encourage you to check them out. Some great writers on there. Um, and then you can check out my church, Axe Church Leander, if you live in the uh, Austin area. would love to see you there. It's uh, not the worst experience you'll have. Um, and then uh, if you live in uh, East Tennessee and you like making moonshine and uh, pretending the South is going to rise again, uh, but they won't because they're too full up on grits, uh, I encourage you to check out Josh's church, Bridge City Community in Chattanooga. And if you're hungry and you need a loaf of bread, you check out Second Harvest in Minnesota, they will give you one. And it'll be because Tom talked to some millionaire and got him to give like $5 million to buy more bread. You think I'm it's kidding? True. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> so incidentally, if you have stacks of cash, talk to Tom. He can help you feed hungry people. Uh, so thank you again for all of you for listening. And of course, we would be remiss if we did not give the greatest of shout outs to our most loyal of listeners, to our friend forever, Mrs. Janet O'Neill. And she's not, a, she is not a nun. She is number one. Oh. oh. Yes. Yes. I win. I win. Janet, so we love good. you. We're out of here, everybody. Have a great night. Day. Night. Afternoon. Whenever you're listening to it. Peace. <laughs>